Hello and welcome to the Encouraging Angels podcast with Stan Szymanski. I'm your host, Stan Szymanski. Today is Wednesday, November 1st, 2023, and I have an excellent show for you today. Neither Encouraging Angels nor Stan Szymanski nor anyone affiliated with Encouraging Angels is offering any type of advice on this program. We do not offer financial advice. We do not offer medical advice. We do not offer legal advice. We do not offer personal advice of any kind. Please consult a professional in the area of your need or interest. Well, I'm dovetailing off of the show that was very well received yesterday, uh, which was titled Alert. War is coming and you are not ready. So this will basically be part two. Um, I'm going to cover some things that the average person is not going to be thinking about. Now, uh, you know, who am I to even tell you this? You know, I'm not a soldier. I'm not an EMT. I'm not a policeman. I'm not a fireman. Uh, however, being the parent of a child with a catastrophic illness and surviving that, and I'm going to share a little bit more with you for those of you who don't know, you know, what we survived. I think I'm well qualified to talk about surviving something that you never trained for surviving something that there is no manual for. And so what I, you know, feel that I'm qualified to do is just share, you know, what our family went through and and how we handled things to a degree and then talk about these other things. So first of all, um, you know, my daughter, Hannah, had uh, late infantile neuronal serial lipofusinosis, which is the late infant, infant, let me try that again, late infantile form of Batten disease, where the children are resigned to being blind, bedridden, demented, and to die in the throes of seizures that no one can stop. Pretty ter- terrible stuff, don't you think? She also had Williams syndrome, which is, you know, it's kind of a parallel universe to Down syndrome, except they have different faces. And, you know, the kids will live to be, you know, in their, you know, a a young adult and they will not be doctors or lawyers, but they would uh, maybe they would work at the grocery store and, uh, um, you know, live in assisted living situations. Well. Uh, when we first started having Hannah looked at, you know, uh, she was diagnosed with Williams first, and then, you know, the seizure started. Her hands and feet started turning blue. You know, she did not sleep through the night. She, she basically didn't sleep. Um, and uh, she continued to go downhill. Metabolic numbers, just horrible. All her blood work was horrible. Um you know, a year and a half after that, she was diagnosed with LINCL, late infantile neuronal steroid lipofusinosis, uh, and, um, you know, which is, again, a fatal condition. Um, we were committed to help her and not hurt her. That was my credo. That was my credo. Uh, because I had, I 
did extensive, and you can't even, I can't even really use the right word when I say the word extensive research on what to do uh, for her. And uh, one of the benefits of actually it taking like two and a quarter years uh, for us to get to the the root of the problem was that um, maybe it was three and a quarter years because at the beginning of the year 2000, and I think we had our uh, our diagnosis in early 2003. So I think it was close to three years. Um, is that I had acquainted myself with not only the that disease, but a lot of the other ones like it. I had acquainted myself with the medical nomenclature because I did not have a real science background except for high school and, you know, um, one college class. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I had gotten Stedman's Medical Dictionary and I just, I mean, I literally read that thing every day um, and cross-referenced in there. And, of course, other things and tons of research. And when we found out what it was, um, you know, I theorized the use of a, uh, a supplement of really um, one of the metabolites in the metabolic pathway that has the problem. We found a wonderful chemist in Boston to make what we uh, were looking for. And, um, you know, really short story, she improved a lot. You know, she started sleeping through the night. Her hands and feet stopped turning blue. Her seizures reduced by, you know, not 90%. Um, and the remaining, you know, almost five years of her life were incredibly better than the previous. The previous three, that's for sure. Uh, and so we accomplished that. And again, it's all because I worked hard um, and was, cur- you know, curious in a, a, a way, a, a life-saving way. And I think when it comes to handling a situation, and I'm sharing all that to say this, and please don't feel sorry for me. Hannah is with the Lord now. There's no doubt about that. And uh, what a warrior she was. Um. And I'm convinced that she knew what was going on, even though she could not verbalize it. Uh, You have to make your mind up that you're going to live. Like in our case, we had to make up our mind that Hannah was going to live. We had to make up our mind that we were going to survive this and we were going to do it together. I think that's really at the center. And of course, putting... At, you know, the most basic, rudimentary, and important thing is putting the Lord Jesus center in your life. Because I prayed, you know, for an answer. Oh, yes, I did. And please forgive my uh, my furnace for coming on. It's, it's almost winter now, so it's just the way it's going to be in the coming broadcasts. Uh... I mean, there's that old saying, when the, the going gets tough, the tough get going. But really, the, the, the true tough rely on God. The true tough seek God and then do His will. 
for their lives. That's what I believe. And forgive me, I got my mic making noise and it's kind of loose. And if I tighten it now, it'll just make all uh, kind of noise for you guys. Okay. So, I believe that when, you know, the unknown comes at you, is that there always is someone who knows, and that is God. That is the Lord Jesus. Uh, you know, we were able to develop a therapy when there was no other way. God made a way. There's that old song, you know, God Will Make a Way by Don Moen, M-O-E-N. Check that out if you need a little bit of encouragement from song. Uh, but I want to kind of dive into, because so there's, uh, and I co-own, you know, four granted United States patents for my work. Um, I haven't made any money on it, but that's, uh, I, I would say that's my problem. But um, we, you know, I through this, I, I'm telling you this so that you can see that I have bona fides when it comes to facing the unknown. Yesterday, we, you know, we talked about the ideas of A, there will be war. There, and we, we shared the Martin Armstrong uh, blog, and few would know better than him uh, that there's going to be shortages of everything, food, medicines, um, you know, due to war. And we laid out our case for those. We said that the dollar is going to be destroyed. That's already in action because of the the rise of the BRICS nations, the rise and development of a BRICS uh, alternate world reserve currency. And, you know, it could happen a couple of ways. I mean, it could happen very quickly due, due to maybe, uh, you know, something like a nuke strike and... Uh, you know, America's not in charge anymore, and all of a sudden, uh, the rest of the world's in charge, and your money isn't worth anything. It could happen like that. It could also happen, though, that this, this thing becomes just uh, extremely protracted, and the decline of the dollar is just a, uh, it's like uh, Chinese water torture. It's just drip, 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 and it, um, it just wears down you know, month after month and maybe a couple, a year after a couple years and it, then it's done. Uh, that still means that you've worked for your whole life if you're my age and the item that you chose to hold value for your, in, value for your, in your old age, which would be anything, anything dollar denominated like your stocks, like your bonds, like your 401k, like your 403b, like your pension, like your bank account, your checking and savings account, etc., and more. Uh, that the purchasing power of these things has become almost nil. That's what happened in Weimar, Germany. If you don't know that story, in other words, that's how Hitler rose to power. Uh, he, he rose to power because 
that the uh, the allies, the winning, you know, uh, teams of the war, uh, put reparations for the war on the backs of Germany alone, pretty much, and uh, you know had them start paying things back. Well, they didn't have the money to pay back, so they had to start printing it, and that led to hyperinflation and then hyperinflation, and uh, you know the 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 rise of a guy like Adolf Hitler. You can probably look for that again, and it will be it will be worldwide this time in the person of the Antichrist. When you see a man walk into the temple in Jerusalem and declare himself to be God, you will know that the tribulation has started, that the three and a half years of tribulation, not seven, three and a half years of tribulation, as it says in the book of Revelation three times, it says 1,260 days, it says 42 months, and it says three and a half years. Time, times, and times again. Um, you will know that the, the tribulation has started and, uh, you know, things are bad. You know, in the beginning parts of Revelation, you know, you know, like when the seals are opened, that's not the beginning, it's around chapter 6. I don't have a Bible open right now. Um, people think that's the wrath of God. That's the wrath of the devil. You know, God is giving him and you know so much time to operate before he cuts him off and as believers this is what we will have to operate in it's going to be tough and then you go all the way from 6 up to chapter 15 where it says that those you know um in fact I'm going to Pull up Revelation 15. Oh, if I could just spell it, it would be so dangerous. Okay. I saw in heaven another great and marvelous sign. Seven angels with the seven last plagues. Last because with them God's wrath is completed. Now remember that a believer, someone trusting Jesus Christ for their life and their eternity, is not subject to God's wrath. But here we see the angels standing in heaven. In other words, they're queued up with the seven last plagues because with them God's wrath is completed. So right now they're standing by. And verse 2, and I saw what looked like a sea of glass glowing with fire and standing beside the sea. Those who had been victorious over the beast and its image and over the number of its name. They held harps given them by God and sang the song of God's servant Moses and of the Lamb. Now, that means that there are going to be those who were faithful to God and overcame they were victorious over the beast and its image and over the number of its name. They were standing on what looked like a sea of glass glowing with fire. That sounds pretty nuclear to me. Have you ever heard someone from the military describe if we nuke them into a parking lot or nuke them into, you know, it, it, it just looks like uh, glass. 
So, you know, a believer, someone who is faithful to God, is going to make it to the end, you know, to and at this point, I believe, they sing the song of Moses, and it's, you know, somewhere between 15, Revelation 15 and Revelation 16, because in Revelation 16, the order is given to pour out the, God's wrath. Here's Revelation 16, verse 1. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go, pour out the seven bowls of God's wrath on the earth. So believers will be raptured, not before the tribulation, but before God's wrath. So if you want to ask me what my position is, I'm I'm pre-wrath. I'm I'm post-tribulation pre-wrath. Because the the stuff that all happened up to that point was the tribulation, was the wrath of the devil. He is an infernal uh, imitator of God and hates humanity, hates every man, woman, and child. That's why there's so much destruction of life during that time, which it appears that we are moving into, in my humble, humble opinion. But you're not subject to God's wrath. So if you want to make it to that point where God takes you home before he dispenses his wrath on the earth, is that, you know, you need to be prepared. You need to have food. You need to have water. You know how much food you need to have? Go look up Bear Independent on YouTube and you'll find, you know, that he has reiterated the studies from the military that in order to keep a fighting man in the field uh, is that they have basically found that it took about 3,200 calories a day or 750 pounds of food a year. Do you have 750 pounds per person at your house now to survive a year? You go, man, that's a lot. Well, you might not need 750 pounds because you might be my age, uh, but you're going. You might need 550 or 600 pounds because you offer. And I'm going to use this. So, in other words, you better get going on what you need to do. That's what I would say. On the food, on the water, you need to have water stored because if there's some kind of nuclear event, you won't be able to go out of your house for at least 14 days. You know, don't forget your potassium iodide, so you don't get a Chernobyl necklace. Those are the tumors around your collarbone that you get when you you take in the radioactive isotopes. Uh, And if you fill up your thyroid with the good halides, that's the the iodide, uh, then you can help prevent at least that from happening. It doesn't mean if you're exposed to gamma rays uh, directly, you know, on your skin, you're going to have some problems. Um, So you want to be where everybody else is not, you know, because they're going to strike big cities, you know. Doesn't that make sense? Um, Again, my humble opinion. I'm not giving anybody personal advice. You have to do what's right for you. Um, But that leads into, you know, so you've got to have the food, the water, not only water stored, but filtration in a way to collect it, like a rain barrel. Like a cistern, if you have a, you know, a country place, uh, you need to have shelter. And again, if you're in a, a highly densely populated area, you might check to see if you have a country cousin that they'd be willing to have, have you. 
Um, and again, for the disabled folks and the, the caregivers, um, you know, you might have to take extra precautions and planning to get your, your who you care for out there. Um, and you're going to have to pre-position, you know, food and all the other stuff, you know, because you, you can hardly carry what you need in a car. Not to survive for a long time anyway. Uh, unless you could survive a year on, uh, let's say, Coast Guard rations, which would really suck. <laughs> They're okay for a day or two. Um, they're okay for a day or two, and you should have a few of them, um, like in a bagot bag. Um, and that's a whole different conversation. But you're, you know, so food, water, shelter, energy. And I wanted to go into clothing first, but since we're saying energy, you know, you have to look at uh, solar, a solar generator. Because you can, you know, especially if you're running, you know, medical machines for someone you're caring for. You know, if you have a gasoline generator, that's great. But how much gasoline do you have? Um, man, you need, you, you would need a lot. Or if it's a propane, that's great. You could, maybe you have a 500-pound pig in, uh, in the backyard. If you're in the country, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Still... As long as we have sunshine, which will not be always, by the way, if you look biblically, biblically, um, and that'll be something else to deal with. Um, but geez, to generate energy, I mean, the technology has come such a long way that first it was lead-acid batteries, and then it was lithium-ion batteries, which don't ever let a lithium-ion battery catch fire because it just won't go out. And now you have the lithium iron phosphate batteries, LIFEPO4, which are tremendous. They are immensely safer than a lithium ion battery. And instead of giving you 500 to 700 cycles, like up and down, you know, like you, you take, and, and those, you, you can only take them down about halfway. I know the, the lead acid batteries, you take it down less, more than halfway of the battery capacity. You, um, uh, just deplete the lifetime of the battery and accelerate that. Um, a lithium will give you like 500 to 700 cycles, uh, but a lithium ion phosphate battery will literally go 3,000 plus cycles. Um, and then at that point, you, and you can take it up and down to zero. It la the, long the less that you take it down to zero before you charge it back up, the more cycles you're going to get, is my understanding. Uh, and at that point, you know, after, you, after those 3,000 cycles, which is about, you know, if you did that like, um, I don't know, what would be five times a week? You know, it's like 10 years. And then you, then you, you have 80% capacity instead of 100% capacity. So it's an incredible value. Lithium iron phosphate technology that's with the, the new uh, solar generators. And again, with companies like, I'd probably put it at the top of the list. Again, I'm not a spokesperson. I'm not an expert. But I would probably put EcoFlow, you know, right at the top. E-C-O-F-L-O-W. 
Uh, and then I would also look at these other manufacturers, which are have very good reputations, like Goal Zero, like Jackery, and like Blue Eddy, B-L-U-E-T-T-I. I saw an incredible value on Blue Eddy on uh, an email I got. This I think it's the AC-180. Normally, it's eleven or twelve hundred dollars on sale for like six hundred and sixty-nine dollars, and just gives a, a lot of energy. Um, you know, if you want to be able to run your whole house, you're gonna to have to spend a lot more money, um, especially if you have to run a well pump or you're trying to run a a, a a heat pump or some kind of furnace. You're talking a lot more money. You're you're talking at least spending you know five to ten grand uh, to get close to that, and you know putting a panel, you know a, a breakout panel, uh, you know in to be able to run an alternate uh, energy source into your panel. So that's you know that's for a discussion with you and your electrician. Again, I'm not giving anyone personal advice. This is information for your consideration, but because of all these things you know so you'll be lucky to run lights you'll be lucky to run a small appliance if if you have a solar generator uh you're going to be spending a lot more time outside whether you're a caregiver or not i mean um because you're going to have to grow things everyone will have to become a farmer to one extent or another. I'd, I'd say to the extent that you want to eat, <laughs> that you will become a farmer. This is why you should be out in the country. Um, you now, can you garden from an apartment? Yes, you can. You can have uh, a whole lot of, um, you know, clay pots with good dirt soil and amended uh, to be able to grow, you know, potatoes and lettuce and carrots and everything else. But it's not quite the same thing. But you do the best with what you can where you're at. That's what Pastor Joe Fox from Viking Preparedness always says. You are going to need serious clothes. Now, if you ever, you you city folks, I used to be city folk, um, who drive out in the country and you see somebody wearing overalls and they got a, a rake or a hoe in their hand or they're riding a tractor, driving a tractor, doing something, and you go, ha, 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 country bumpkin, whatever. That dude <laughs> wearing those clothes is smart. He knows what he needs to accomplish his goals. He knows what he needs to sur- you know, literally survive working outside. And you have to have extremely tough denim. You need to have, you can't have like buying the jeans with the holes already in them. That's so weak, it's ridiculous to me. Um, you have to, you need to have like canvas clothes, like the good Carhartt and Walls clothes, and uh, uh, oh, like Stanley, and um, oh, there, there's just other names that aren't coming to mind right now. But you know that. That well-woven, thick canvas. And the, the pants, overalls, and, and jackets. Because you're going to be running through, you know, going through briars and whatever else. And you've got some, uh, some weak little puffer coat. 
it, you know, one one little mishap, and it's like your coat's ruined, and you look like a. Oh, I don't want. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice here. I should be nice on the podcast. I should be nice anyway. Um, but you need serious clothes, and that includes boots, boots, boots. It means things with serious uh, tread on them, like a Vibram sole, Vibram, for instance, like Gore-Tex to waterproof, and perhaps consider a composite toe. You could buy steel toe boots, but, you know, in the winter, if you have to stand outside, because maybe you're pulling what amounts to guard duty, which amounts to patrol, because if you can't patrol it, you can't keep it. That's how it will be. If things break down, because you won't have to just worry about who knows what, you know, we, we talked a few days ago about um, the uh, the former Chinese defense minister, Xi Hao Shen, has said that they do not, they, they want America, they do not want to cohabitate, talked about the poisoning of America, um, and so forth, is that, uh, you know, you're not going to just have to worry about some foreign actors making their way in, of which there's somewhere between two and four million military-age men from foreign countries, undocumented in this country. Hmm, I wonder what they're here for. All for the better life of America. Except they, they all streamed in across the border, streaming into the, the, the tune of roughly five to 10,000 uh, of them a day, coming through the Darien Gap and up through... Uh, Mexico into the U.S. You're not, you won't have to just worry about them. You have to worry about brigands. You know, like, uh, like 8 to 12 guys on, on the back of one or two trucks. You know, if they pull into your driveway, you're having a bad day. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Do you understand what I'm saying to you? So you're going to be spending, you and your neighbors, if you are wise enough to understand that you need people. You will need boots that you can stand outside for or even potentially sit outside for. Uh, maybe you would be in a tree stand being on watch, you know. You know, I don't know, again... I'm not military, I'm not police, I'm not giving anybody recommendations on how to do this at all. Um, but all I'm saying is you're going to be spending time outside. So you have to have the boots, you got to have uh, some long johns, and you need, you know, have some synthetic stuff against your skin so it wicks the moisture away. Uh, when you start sweating, you know, uh, and then an outer layer, and then of course, you know, you need flint up here, you know, in Pennsylvania, you need flannel shirts, etc. Um, you should have like a base layer under that too um, of synthetic to wick your, um, in my humble opinion, uh, wick that uh, sweat away from you. And you, you need serious coats. I mean, stuff that allows, stuff with a hood, stuff that allows you to, to stay outside. Again, a woven canvas coat. That's the serious stuff. Um, warm and tough clothing. For everybody who you're taking care of, you need to have, so, you, know, you can't just have, depending on electric heat and the electric company to, to be 
satisfying your needs when the grid could go down. And that was part of our discussion yesterday. Go back and listen to that show. Um, there's been over 4,000 attacks on the grid since 2020. Do you think it will always stay up? I personally do not. That's why in the past couple of months, uh, I have put a, um, a stainless steel sleeve in our chimney uh, and this old, you know, foreclosed house that we bought, fortunately, they did have a, uh, uh, a, a thimble in the wall for running a, a wood stove. And we just got a really nice wood stove at um, Harbor Freight. It was on sale. It's, it's, I'm so excited. Uh, I have to do an, a burn outside to burn off the nasty smell that it uh, reportedly has. Uh, on the first burn, and then you're okay to install it. Um, but that way, not only will we, we be able to heat our house in the dead of winter with free fuel, not free free if you're going to buy chopped wood, um, but at least you have access to going out and you know gathering wood and bring, bringing it back and having a way to heat your home. And we can cook on the darn thing. God, I am, uh, I, I am like thrilled about this um see all this stuff i'm talking about it just doesn't happen overnight i mean you gotta work at this that's the the thing a lot of people don't want to hear but you know you could now uh for instance if you have a place to store and again i'm not giving a recommendation but a good kerosene heater will make a big difference in a house um, at least in a few rooms, or if it's a small house like ours, we don't have a big house. Um, you'll be able to heat the darn, you know, keep, you know, keep it way above freezing. I mean, I did a few tests uh, last year, and I could keep the house at sixty degrees with a kerosene heater. Pretty amazing. You know, you've got to, you know, crack some windows and so forth. And again, I'm not giving any advice. Um, you need to check with a professional on how you can heat your house. Um, but kerosene, at least right now, I mean, it's probably, I didn't check it all this year. It's probably, you know, again, give or take five bucks a gallon. Um, you know, you get a blue container if you got five, uh, five gallons in one blue container. Um, you know, you can, you can make sure that at least in emergency, you've got, uh, you know, if you've got three or four containers of kerosene safely stored not in your house and safely stored not in your garage you know away from the house uh you know that you've got weeks of of uh, if not a, a month or two of um heat uh i think i, I did some I, I think i did a test last year where you know you turn it on for an hour and then leave it off for maybe a couple hours and then turn it on again um you know, trying to conserve and yet keep the house, you know, at least uh, operationally warm, if that's a term. So, you know, right now, you see, you have you need to figure this stuff out. And again, who am I to tell you this? All I am is someone who has been through enough SH, you know what, um, where I'm just used to, you know, adapting. I'm used to adapting and trying to figure out and doing serious research from people who really know. 
uh, you know, that's where I mention always on the show about Jack Lawson's civil defense manual. Your country does not have a civil defense plan for you, except the FEMA camps, which will be more, in my estimation, more like a roach motel, where you check in, but you don't check out, or Hotel California, whichever you prefer to think of it as. Um, but if you avail yourself of the knowledge in what's in Civil Defense Manual by Jack Lawson, you know, it's a hundred bucks. It's a two volume set, 950 pages, uh, information on how to assemble uh, or be part of a neighborhood protection team without, you know, putting crazy people in the leadership, uh, communications, which you will desperately need if the grid goes down. By NC Scout, uh, my man down there, you know, running American Partisan and Brushbeater Training. Incredible, incredible uh, man. Um, Navy SEAL Matt Bracken writing on night fighting. That's N-I-G-H-T. Because uh, all the bad things happen at night, you guys. Um, Sam Culper on intelligence and um, uh, area study. I mean, and all and all the information on food, water, or nuclear, you know, war preparation, you know, uh, you know, survival and all that. For a hundred bucks, where are you going to get all this information in one place? Civildefensemanual.com. Please check it out. Um, and again, it seems superfluous for me as a CEO of a little disability ministry, um, who's really, uh, you know, for the first 15 years, we're focused on just, I am focused on music, but focused uh, on music, you know, pretty solely of, you know, and message, you know, for the disabled um, and sharing our story. Uh, And now going out to this is because this is the most important thing right now. For the, the disabled, the caregivers and the disabled will not make it without having a plan. And so this is why I expend my breath and my energy and these shows to share this with you now. Wow, it's still day. Because the, the night comes when no man can work. That's John chapter 9, verse 4, I believe. Let's check it out. And again, that's the gospel of John. Yeah, as long as as long as it is day. This is the Gospel of John, chapter nine, verse four. As long as it is day, we must do the works of Him who sent me. That's what I hope that I'm doing for you, doing the works of, uh, that Jesus has called me to do. Night is coming when no one can work. When will night come? Night will come when. The moon goes dark and the sun no longer gives its light. That's somewhere in Matthew 24. I'm not going to go and look that up for you right now. This is why I'm doing this. That that there is a time right now to get ready. Just like in the days of Noah, Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so it shall be. Uh, in the coming of man, or the coming of the Son of Man, which he talks when he returns. You know, Noah, it, it took 120 years to, to build the ark. 
and Noah preached during that time. And think about, you know, I think about the pastors who run small churches and who are faithful, of which many are not, I hate to say it. And I've done those stories and written and articles on the clergy response team where they took the money and convinced one of, that when the time comes, they will convince people to go to the FEMA camps. Don't trust them. But for the small, the small church, for the pastor who is faithful in a church of, say, 20, excuse me, I'm bumping my microphone here, uh, I am uh, just thinking about them. And, you know, they're so faithful and they preach to this small congregation. And, you know, how many people get saved? The remnant's small, folks. <laughs> um, but Noah preached for 120 years and nobody got saved except his family. Like him, his wife, his sons, and, and his son's daughter, or son, excuse me, his son's wives. That's it. That's who heard the message, and that's who got on the ark. You know, we can think of Jesus Christ as our ark, because if you're on board with Jesus, you know, when all of it goes down and are faithful, is that he will ride you through the storm. He's not going to take you out of the storm. That, that's what the prosperity gospel preachers like Joey O preach, like, you know, uh, these other guys, whether it's Kenneth Copeland or, or, uh, uh, or John Hagee or Creflo Dollar, you know, they're preaching pre-trib, pre-tribulation rapture, saying that you're, before any storm comes, you're going to be raptured out of here. no. Yeah, it's God takes you through the storm. He doesn't remove you. He protects you through the storm. And so, with messages like what I'm giving you today, this is part of how he does it. He gives you the information saying, get ready. That's what he told Noah. Build an ark. Gather the animals. Gather the food for the animals and for you. Get ready. That's the message. Because everybody who didn't get ready, when God and God himself closed the door to the ark, they banged on it trying to get in, realizing that Noah was right. And shortly thereafter, they took their first gulp of water and their last breath at the same time. Don't be them. Trust Jesus Christ now. Prepare now for... We, we don't know how bad this damn thing is that's coming. We don't know. But as I said yesterday at the beginning of the show, war is coming. War is coming. And finally, as a, a postlude, you know, you need Jesus. That's, that is, if I couldn't say anything else, that's the only thing I'd say today. Because without him, you are sunk. But with him, you have an ark. But you need people. Because you, you, you have to sleep. And when you normally sleep, that's when attacks come. 
That's for sure. The bad things happen at night. By the way, if you have the money, you know, call Bob Griswold at Ready Made Resources and get some night vision. I do not have that money. Because <laughs> night vision costs anywhere from, I mean, true night vision, like PVS 14, costs from the mid 2000s to 10,000 plus. However, you can see who's coming at you very clearly, very clearly. I've, I have looked through those things. Now, if you don't have that, you can also consider thermal, like, an, uh, like FLIR, F-L-I-R, like a FLIR Scout, um, which will cost you, you know, 600 bucks. You might be able to afford that. They have cheaper stuff, uh, which is typically ill-advised. Um, and, of course, because of that, I have one. Um, is like a, a night vision, like a Bushnell, um, that has an IR illuminator. It's, it's um, you know, extremely low-level stuff. You can't see at night, but the problem is the IR illuminator, it's a red light that basically marks your skull. So somebody 150 yards away or 250 yards away easy can see this light and uh, put a projectile in your grape if you catch my drift. You know, it's very easy to pick you off that way. Um, so those other, you know, of course, the expensive night vision is super great if you can afford that. Thermal is something, again, you need to, that's where people like Bob Griswold and NC Scout come in, where you would uh, look at their websites, contact them about uh, training and using like uh, night vision. Um, but you need people. You need people to take watch while you're sleeping. You need people to stand watch while other people are gardening. You have to, like, think that far out. That's, that's my thoughts on this. So, again, there will be war. There will be war, and you're not ready. Part two, that's the title of today's show. Please share this show with someone that you know and love. Click on the share button on the platform that you're listening to this on, whether it's Spotify or Podbean or what have you, and, uh, and share this. And uh, also, please like the show and follow. Uh, that helps our analytics. Um, we barely have any analytics, but we do have them. Um, and we have been censored multiple times, multiple times, where I've gotten the show up to so much listenership, and then they strike me down like 90%, and we build it up again. I'm not stopping. Uh, so you please consider supporting encouraging angels. Whether it's ten dollars, a hundred, a thousand, um, we are a tax exempt five hundred one c three ministry. Um, please consult a tax attorney as to the applicability of. Uh, any gift regarding uh, and concerning your own tax situation. You know, we're not giving tax advice. Uh, but you can go to www.encouragingangels.org, E-N-C-O-U-R-A-G-I-N-G-A-N-G-E-L-S.org. Click on the Donate tab, and you can give online with your plastic card at the, our great payment processor, Cornerstone. Uh, very safe, 
um, we have had no problems with them. We had a, a previous payment processor that uh, was uh, horrible, and um, there, you know, their shenanigans have been well documented in the media. I'll just leave that at that. Um, or you can send something directly to our post office box, which is, you know, right there on the same page on the donate page at encouragingangels.org. This is the Encouraging Angels podcast. I'm Stan Samansky, and I look forward to seeing you right here next time. <laughs>